Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm Kevin. And this is John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. That's right. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly and the laughable in these movies. But as always, we're coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies or rather subject yourself to many of them as much as we have, unless you have a genuine affection for them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger. We're happy to have you with us, um, especially in these unprecedented times. Is that the buzzword of the century right now? Uncertain? Unprecedented? Uncertain. Uncertain times. In these uncertain times. We're recording virtually. Kevin's in Atlanta. I'm in Houston, Texas, and we are joined this time by my dear, dear friend, Mr. Andrew Miller. I am so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks so What's much up, for joining Andrew? us. Andrew, it's nice to have met you. Yeah, it's nice to, uh, <laughs> I've been listening to you guys for a long time, so it's nice to uh, finally get to jump in on the conversation. That's fucking badass. And what a movie to jump in on. Um, this this is a, an extra special series for all of us, and we'll get into this, but this is, this is our series opener for 1987's Over the Top. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is maybe not an action movie per se, but it's got it's got all the elements <laughs> except for violent deaths. That's true. There are it no has action. Deaths. It's got action from like the shoulder down. <laughs> <laughs> true yes. story. One of the writers for the movie, uh, the screenplay writer, Sterling Siliphant, that's a pretty sweet name. Um, that sounds said fake. That this was, is like a, right? He sounds like a Harry Potter villain. Um, said that this was a, uh, like a love story action movie. And I was like, that's a weird way to think about it, but okay. I don't know. It is something. <laughs> it's something along those <laughs> lines. There are scenes that play as romantic scenes that probably shouldn't. That definitely shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of staring into each other's eyes and lots of happening. weird, like, like slow zooms in on on father and son <laughs> romance. It's very yeah. strange. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this this movie starring and the screenplay co-written by one Sylvester Stallone. Who has tried to distance himself, right, from the just project. Humorously, yeah, saying and that... And I don't buy that for a fucking second. No, I think that he thought this movie fucked. Um, I think he, he was fully... This was like maybe his first thing or second thing after having done Rambo 2 and Rocky 4. So he was just on top of the world. Right. Biggest star in the world, probably at the time. And we've and talked I think a, he thought he could do no wrong. Yeah. We've talked a lot about how Stallone has peaks and valleys and each of the peaks is either a Rocky or a, uh, 
a Rambo movie. And it's like this was come back to the well. Right. And then this is a, a little bit of a valley for him. <laughs> is, is this <laughs> his I, first valley? Is it? That's a good question. No, when, no. When, he had some in the early 80s. He did like Rhinestone. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, that's right. A movie called Nighthawks. Like so between Rocky 2 and when he came out with the first Rambo, First Blood, and Rocky 3, I think came out in like 82 or 83. Okay. Okay. But they were he had about three or four bombs right before those. Um, and this movie fits into that category too. Um, directed by the <laughs> legendary Menachem Golan from uh, Canon Films fame. And yes. Menachem allegedly, he really thought as he did with every movie that he was part of, that this was going to be a huge hit. And that as a result of the movie, arm wrestling was going to be the next big thing, um, which did not happen <laughs> as we well know. Well, he had, uh, he had just kept upping the offer to Stallone to be attached to this picture until it, I think half the budget for the movie was Stallone's salary, right? The movie got made for 16 million. Stallone's salary was 12. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay, so way more than half. Yeah. Way That's more incredible. than half. And then it bombed at the box office. It only made 11 and a half. So they didn't even oh. recoup all the money they spent on Stallone. Yeah. I think this might've been the beginning of the end for, um, Canon. I, I think, think so. I think time cop was the, like the, like their final straw. Like that was the one that the Canon film group and if you haven't seen it, the Electric Boogaloo yes. um, documentary on how Canon Films was just a Ponzi scheme from its early um, like weird B movies in the 70s to um, trying to make art action, if yeah, you will. Very, very strange. Um, very strange. But like Time Cop, I think, was the like nail in the coffin that like it. It was it was the uh, death knell. It signaled yeah. the end. <laughs> but I think I think that all of the like because they were paying it forward. Every movie they just funneled the revenue into the next film. And if they're doing something like putting twelve million on Stallone for this kind of movie, that is like huge, they, they blew it. Um, but I think that Time Cop was the what I remember from the documentary. The final just like we're out. We can't we can't push the money forward any farther. Jesus, Gosh, I kind of remember liking Time Cop. <laughs> I, I didn't, remember digging that one. I didn't hate Time Cop. I thought it was good, either. but it's the uh, the idea of art action is a problem. Exactly. Um, uh, so the original story by Gary Conway and a guy David Engelbach, um, based on a true story about an arm wrestler who was also a trucker named John Brzenk. <laughs> <laughs> B-R-Z-E-N-K. So yes. that's, I mean, in as far as the story goes, it's about a truck driver who arm wrestles. Thank Brzezink you, John. was a truck driver? Yeah. That, I didn't that know bit that. Is I, true. Know he's, yep. I know he's viewed as like being the, you know, the greatest arm wrestler of all time. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, he was like, he went decades, I think, without losing. No, that's bad. Or maybe lose here or there. But yeah, he's, he's awesome. True or false, seeing this movie as a child made you want to be an arm wrestler or made you try arm wrestling more? <laughs> I definitely arm wrestled with my dad a little bit and lost oh, yeah. badly we, as a 10 or 12 year old. <laughs> me and my brothers would reenact like scenes from this movie all the time. So I'm, and I don't even remember that we watched it on TV so much as that we had like a bootlegged VHS that we just ragged out. We were, it was always on in our house. It was crazy. That's awesome. We, we definitely watched it on TV. Um, it was one of those ones that would come on at like 1130 in the morning during the summer. Yes. Uh, on USA. Oh, yeah. um, 
or <laughs> TNT or TBS or some rotation or combination of all of those. Yeah, we that was uh, my brother and I watched a bunch then. And I think we did get into arm wrestling a little bit, but arm wrestling as like eight or nine year olds who have no muscles and no strength and just <laughs> kind of like stare at each other hard. Did you ever like improvise rig up a strap apparatus, you and your brother? <laughs> I don't think so. With like um, belts or whatever. What I mean, like that's probably what we would have done. Um, but we, I, I have a feeling that I was into it way more than my brother was. <laughs> um, though I am older, he's always been much cooler than I am. And so, um, I imagine it was me, me pushing that uh, forward (laughs) and him humoring me two years younger and finally like getting tired and then being like, no, I'm going Uh, on to do something else. That's awesome. Engelbach, the writer, one of the writers on the story says that um, the story that they wrote bears little resemblance to what made it on screen, which is not surprising, likely because of Stallone. Yes. Um, and <laughs> and that he he said the guy said that he cried the first time he saw the movie because it was unrecognizably his work. So I read that's the same pretty thing. excellent. Yeah. The guy wrote it as a father son character study. And then it was just turned into like a like steroid fueled uh, product placement. Stallone vehicle. Everyone's very sweaty the whole time. Just everyone. (laughs) This movie also, despite what a lot of people think about it, um, has a killer soundtrack featuring songs from Asia, Sammy Hagar, Eddie Money, and has not one, but two killer ballads and eternal (laughs) earworms in this country performed by Robin Zander and Meet Me Halfway by (laughs) Kenny Loggins. They were all, all the music was written by Giorgio Moroder, who is awesome. I did awesome. not realize that. That's awesome. He had just, before this, his last project was he wrote all the music for Top Gun. Sweet. Like all the, all the songs. That makes Danger sense. Zone and, yeah. and Take My Breath Away and everything like that, I think was all written by him. But imagine the money that Cannon must have shelled out to pay Moroder. It was the other four million. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> everything else was yeah. Everything else was done for about fifty bucks. That's right. <laughs> uh-huh. I can um, see that. Also starring Rick Zumwalt, who makes this movie is Bull Hurley, um, five-time oh, yeah. champ, five-time champion Bull Hurley. Um, they apparently paid him ten grand, so there's another big chunk of the budget to shave his head, and he liked it so much he never grew it back out. Um, yeah, he truly was like the real deal, and his his intimidation game was strong. strong like Very man strong. he would all this bumping into guys and you ain't shit and what you ain't got a prayer in vegas you ain't got a prayer in vegas he was the third choice to play bull hurley behind arm wrestling champ cleave dean he was the first choice and he actually makes a cameo in this movie but he was so massive they uh, we see him later in the movie in the arm wrestling tournament but he was even more massive than uh, Zoom Walt and would have looked completely ridiculous and implausible trying to arm wrestle <laughs> Stallone because it would not have been close because he was so huge. And then the the rest of the cast is rounded out by the excellent Robert Loja as Jason Cutler, Hawk's father-in-law. It's never really made apparent whether they whether maybe he and his wife. Yeah, we're boss not sure. Also, I think yeah, maybe could be. Maybe. Oh man, they, I can't wait to discuss all this. Um, fast and loose with the last names in this. Movie. Yeah, 
<laughs> oh man, we're gonna we're gonna play a, a mega awesome game with last names. Um, also featuring Susan Blakely briefly as Christina Hawk or Hawks, depending on who you ask. Um, <laughs> and then a young David Mendenhall playing Michael Cutler, Lincoln Hawks' son. And Poor David Mendenhall. Yeah, this was such a shit role. <laughs> they did not put him in a favorable light for much of the movie, but I feel like he grew up. He learned a lot of lessons. Maybe I think I before know. this, he had been on like a soap opera or something. That might have been his extent of his um his career prior to this movie. Yeah, but man, I don't know if it was just the way that he was, in which case bad casting, or the way he was being directed to play it. Probably, I would say probably. I don't. I don't really find objection with his acting i think like so much of this movie it was probably menachem golan just telling him to do shit things <laughs> or be i don't know if this is true or not or if it's something that maybe got written after the fact but that the writers thought it was funny or it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek uh gag that his name was my well he's michael cutler but also mike hawk right <laughs> That's all I got. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I mean, if you feel like it, maybe we'll talk about the movie. What do you guys think? I'm up for it. I'm for Anyone? it. All right. We're going to we're going to zero out the clock. The movie opens up with some pretty bitchin' aerial photography of some mountains in what appears to be the western United States and we see a 1967 auto car model A64 <laughs> logging truck taking some hairpin turns. Um, apparently this was one of 3 that they per purchased from a logging company to use in the movie, these trucks. I did so. notice that like the paint job on the doors, the hawk hauling, the hawk hauling would be various degrees of faded out. So I figured there right. must be multiple trucks at play. This opening mo montage confuses me in so many ways because he seems like he's <laughs> driving down main streets for a yeah. lot of all of this, but like, it's not like then he gets to the location where he's going next, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but like he's, he's taking a lot of back roads and like mm -hmm. the interstate highway system had been complete for at least 20 years <laughs> at this point. So it's, he was taking it's a not, scenic route. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess so, but at the Lincoln same time, Hawk, it's like Lincoln Hawk to me seems like a guy who's going to take the scenic route, but as, as we'll also talk a, a lot about um, truckers in this movie, not a lot Ooh. of what's happening with the truckers in this movie makes sense. No. Um, but we do see our, uh, and this, we can actually talk about this now. Hawk hauling. It's on the door. His name's in print. We know what his last name is. His name is Lincoln Hawk. No S. And that's all I'll say about it for now. <laughs> oh, this was our first, the first also appearance of, um, in this country that you mentioned that's earlier right. by Robin <laughs> Miles go by like water under the bridge. So a fucking killer song. Is this song scenery, patriotic? Yeah. Is it about America? Is that why yes. it's being used? Because it's like the American dream? I don't know what it is. Is it really about America, though? Or is it about some sort of version of America that only exists in like a parallel universe of what we think America should and could and can be? That's what I was thinking. That This song, it makes me wonder if they were also trying to get the rights to God Bless the USA and like <laughs> Lee Greenwood. They couldn't afford it. So they're like, fuck it, we'll, we'll do our own song. And basically they wrote this guy's version of 
uh, of that song. It's like the Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters theme when they really wanted Huey Lewis in the news. (laughs) Exactly. Before they get to the military academy, we get our first rolling coal moment. Um, Um, That's true. There are a lot of dedicated shots in this of direct exhaust pipe blowing black smoke moments. And our first one is in the open opening montage. It's Um, awesome. And it's just like, fuck the environment. It was the eighties, man. It was (laughs) America. That's right. So we get some beautiful, yes, beautiful B-roll of the Western United States. Then we cut to Summit Crest Military Academy's graduation ceremony. There are lots of families gathered and cadets filing on the field. And we then cut back to Lincoln Hawk, (laughs) <laughs> washing his truck and and seems like he's getting ready for something getting ready to go somewhere he's yeah. like washing his truck and like getting himself cleaned up <laughs> you got to make sure you got to make sure that rig is clean to impress your estranged son <laughs> lincoln hawks his priorities are just already fucked though i feel like <laughs> well it makes like, me think that he wasn't supposed to make it for the ceremony itself he was like supposed to show know. up after He's like, he's, he's, he's in no tr- hurry. He's getting the truck clean as hell. But meanwhile, he's like fucking showering in the sink at the truck stop. <laughs> he's like shirtless with suspenders on. I and, love it. And, That's a great and brush, he brushes his teeth. Um, and the way that he brushes his teeth is like he's trying to fight that toothbrush. Uh-huh. Um, it's very aggressive. It's like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most aggressive toothbrushing I've ever seen, which every dentist I've ever talked to is like, be soft, be gentle. And they uh-huh. sell all sorts of stuff for that. But like he is really like trying to stab himself in the gums. With that <laughs> At least toothbrush. it looks like he's got actual toothpaste in his mouth, which I always appreciate because it drives me crazy in TV shows when people are brushing their teeth and there's no toothpaste. I hate that shit. I noticed there was an open beer there also beside the sink. What time of day do you think this is? Morning. I thought so too, like 10 a.m. It's before yeah. noon, don't you think? I mean, For sure, for sure. 10 o'clock is a good like morning time. Yeah, mid-morning. That could have been left over from whatever, but it was definitely a Budweiser uh, bottle just sitting there next to the sink. Breakfast. Breakfast, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast to champions. Maybe it was it needed a little liquid courage, though. I could see that. It's the only If that's the case, it's the only time we see um, Link drink anything in the movie. Um, His body is a temple. That's right. Uh, we see our first shots of a young boy among the cadets who uh, we're immediately clued into as a wet blanket because he does not throw his hat <laughs> with his fellow graduates um, as everyone else is celebrating. He starts looking around at all the families hugging. Um, and then we see Hawk pull up to the academy and he tells the guy at the gate that he's there to pick up Cadet Cutler who is still looking around looking for someone. I feel bad for Cutler, though, didn't you? I I didn't feel bad because he sort of got that like bratty look on his face and kind of <laughs> bitchy looking around and stuff. And I was like, it's because you're an asshole. No one's here to see you. He, he was visibly uptight, um, but I, I did suck for him, though, watching all the other kids get their hugs. Yeah. I guess I'll give him that. We can have some sympathy for him. I had more sympathy for the fact that 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 um, Hawk parks the truck and immediately starts getting shady looks from the one percent. Oh, dude! <laughs> can we talk about what he's dressed like? Though, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like there was like a leftover co- like costume bin. Then they were like, "This was in the sting." And they were like, yes, we want it. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's got like a very like depression era at latest. 
Grapes of Wrath deal going on. Yeah. Dust Bowl shit. Yes. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, he's dressed like absolute shit. So I mean, maybe that's why he's getting the up and down. But uh, like every single extra in this shot does that. Like everyone that he walks by looks him up oh, and down yeah. and it's like, what the fuck is he doing here? They're obsessed. <laughs> They're immediately so obsessed. Some woman, some woman I think is like, who's he? Like, and there's this family that can't even get their shit together for a family photo because <laughs> the mom is so distracted by, by, by Lincoln Hawk's presence. Maybe she wanted that. He did. He had a tie and suspenders and, but his shirt had all kind of holes in it. I don't know. And it's denim. It was weird. He's wearing some like khaki, khaki pants hiked up to his natural weight. Yeah. He's wearing khakis. Yeah. Um, baggy the baggiest khakis you've ever seen they may or may not have any sort of waist attachment they may just be loose at the top and so they hang on you like <laughs> that's, the that's what it looks like it yeah. really does um, look it looks like a humorous costume gaff but um we take it these are his best clothes yeah yeah. yes for sure absolutely <laughs> okay and it's supposed to be in colorado we should mention there are palm Is trees right? there are palm okay. trees everywhere um <laughs> really are and mm-hmm. that's, a mountain inside yeah, it was actually filmed at pomona <laughs> college i read somewhere um michael cutler the young cadet approaches a limousine is this the michael cutler limo um that was sent by his (laughs) grandfather who the driver tells us will be landing in an hour and as he's about to get into the limo uh, an officer yells that cutler is wanted in the colonel's office I got to say, if granddad loves him so much, why wasn't he there for the graduation? I wonder the same thing. And we're going to talk more about um, Mr. Cutler um, and his goings on. Like, I have lots of of questions about uh, the mysterious Jason Cutler. Um, In the colonel's office, Michael is told that it's his father that wants to see him and that he's come to drive him home, which immediately makes the whole situation in the room go tense. Um, Michael tells the colonel... I don't have a father and that he's been instructed not to go home with anyone, but his grandfather or his mother. Um, and then we get, yeah. we get some weird business with the Colonel sort of insinuating, like aggressively insinuating himself in this situation saying that your mother is your legal guardian and it's her request that you ride home with your father. He, as, as a former teacher myself, he is far too involved right? in this person's life. That's um, what, that's what I was thinking. Like he was knows like, way too much about who these people are, what their deals are as far as family dynamics. Like agreed. (laughs) I imagine a principal or even like a, um, like a head of a school, um, of like a headmaster type situation for this type of school. They would never have this type of this level of insight into somebody's stuff. They would want like, I need a signed form that says you could go, mm-hmm. which brings us to what happens next. Right. Which is the, Michael, Michael, the identification. Rightly, Michael rightly asks to see some identification for, for <laughs> this person who is allegedly his father. And Hawk yeah. produces a wedding photo. An eight by ten, <laughs> eight by ten glossy eight by 10 from a Manila envelope, um, with another well, blank sheet of paper for no apparent reason. Not not a marriage <laughs> certificate or a Do copy you, of Michael's birth certificate or his own birth certificate or driver's license or anything. Yeah. Here's this fucking wedding photo, 
That was a good call, Menachem. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, and not even like a, not a wallet photo or something, but he had the big he had the eight by ten. I, that cracked me. I up. kept this. The kid, the kid Michael is just instantly unlikable, isn't he? Yeah, they've they've well, like they've what established. What were they going for? I think that they were going him, for spoiled. That he's Brad. an unlikable character. Yeah, that he's an okay. unlikable spoiled rich kid. Um, for him to be one of the two protagonists. In the movie, it's kind of, I don't know, there ought to have been more redeeming about him earlier. Like, I'm not a violent person, but this kid needs a beating. <laughs> Just already. No, this is I'm the, already over this is the Maybe that's Spanking's why okay. he's in, maybe that's why he's in military school. Maybe Corporal punishment. Logia knows that uh, <laughs> this kid needs to uh, be shit on a few times. He needs, he needs those <laughs> hard edges smoothed in military school. Um, but anyway, Michael walks out dejected with dad in tow and is immediately disgusted by the thought of riding in the truck instead of flying. Spoiled asshole. Um, and Hawk explains that it was his mother's idea and she thought it would be good for them to get to know each other. Dude, Hawk, Hawk is so fucking sheepish. Yeah. Like in this, in this role, I don't, he's like a soft spoken ineffectual mm-hmm. he's just like always sort of mumbling or i don't know the new york times review called his performance bashful i would agree which is with an that, interesting yeah. word <laughs> interesting word choice but also doesn't maybe stallone was trying to show his range you can also play a a, a, sta- a roided up mild-mannered guy yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> he, he brings to this like performance with the sun though like when you're talking about sheepish it is almost like how he treats adrian and rocky except that it's sad rather than confident mm, that's a good point yeah i like it's that like assignment. it's like the same kind of take he's still got that same sort of swagger and same sort of approach to it except that he's <laughs> a, a man whose wife uh, ditched him and his son doesn't love him and so he's like crushed <laughs> uh, yeah the world's beating him down yeah um hawk says uh it's gonna take two to three days uh, for them to get from where they are in colorado <laughs> to california he's got another shipment to pick up he's got some work mm-hmm. to do while they're on the road um and that we also get the first clue here that something's up with michael's mom because he, hawk says that she's gonna have surgery that week <laughs> cutting it close seems like a good idea right yeah exactly like, let's cut we're gonna it close. get there we just, a few days. just in time for mom's surgery just before the surgery yeah <laughs> insane um and michael asks hawk do you really think you can make up for 10 years in two to three days um, Hawk says no and Michael gets in the truck he does not want any help by the way and the truck is just filled with pictures of Michael yeah um, <laughs> Michael tells Hawk that his truck is disgusting and <laughs> and that there's no need to make conversation the kid is an asshole I, that's what I'm saying like, this military academy did not teach him much about being polite which is usually like the first thing I think of with guys who have gone through military academy do either of you take issue with it or are you willing to give him a pass because this is an admittedly weird situation he's been thrust into. Uh, yes. I th- I think too, that as both a wealthy individual and as um, somebody who's gone through the military Academy, like he definitely treats the like headmaster or Colonel or whatever uh, with deference. Mm-hmm. He does not feel like mm. Hawk is his superior and therefore treats him like some sort of servant. Um, he does maintain I, decorum and call him sir, which I appreciate. He does, but it's always <laughs> snidely. Like oh, it's yeah. not, it's not with respect. It's sir, always like, I can can't believe that I have to deign to say sir to you because yep. you're older. Um, Agreed. Which, which makes me like him less and less. 
Oh uh, yeah, and and Stallone or uh, Hawks' reaction is just sort of this passive aggressive, like with so much for a small talk. Yeah, but it's like I if so if Hawk feels like the kid has a right to be pissed at him, and he wants he's like letting him to let off some steam mm-hmm. or whatever. I get that, but then he shouldn't be making these sort of passive aggressive comments that he keeps making after everything that the kid says. Do you think that was intended to be like comic relief? I think it was. I think Stallone's little like side <laughs> comments like that were supposed to make it seem like he's sort of down to earth and relatable. Okay. And but Stallone, as we've discussed before, Stallone just and humor don't really mix. No. Stallone no. is not an inherently funny performer. Um yeah, so Michael notices all the photos and asks how Hawk got them all, and Hawk reveals that he and his mother had been writing for a long time, and he asked her for pictures to see how Mike was growing up. And Michael asks why he never received any correspondence, fair question, which completely throws Hawk for a loop. He He's like, I've written you hundreds of times, all, birthdays, everything. <laughs> um, and so, so some for some reason, Michael hasn't been getting these letters or cards or anything um, and is pissed and asks Hawk to pull over because he's feeling sick, which Hawk does. Yeah. He says, I'm feeling sick. And then Hawk says, what's wrong? Yeah. It's like, dude, I don't know. He just told you yeah. he's feeling sick. <laughs> I don't know what else there would be to say other than I'm feeling I'm sick. I'm going to vomit in your truck. If you don't pull over, I can get more graphic. <laughs> um, so Hawk pulls over and Mike immediately tries to run away, like run across, <laughs> tries to jump a fence, thinks about jumping a fence, runs across the highway. Uh, Hawk chases him down through traffic. Doesn't this have all the appearances of a child? Abduction, That's right? exactly what I was. So yeah, he, he chases Mike down. None of the people <laughs> that, that stopped their cars to swerve and try to miss Michael got out to see what was going on as this man sprinted across the highway to abduct this child. <laughs> chasing, a, chasing a young child. I was like, I said, maybe not though. It's the eighties. They were at different times. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's maybe true, but it's just, yeah, no one, no one seemed to care. Um, what, what is Michael's thinking here? Like if why? I can get to a payphone, I can let my grandfather know where I am and he can come but, get me. Like, I feel like yeah, you would want to, like, if you're thinking this through, you would want to stop at like a gas station for something like that, rather than jumping out of the car in the middle of the highway, like just say like, I've got to go to the bathroom. He's not super wise. This kid, no. I guess it was a full panic. Yeah, maybe. Cause yeah, you're right. He could have gone into a gas station and told the clerk, this man's kidnapped uh, me. This guy's trying to abduct me. Please call the police or help me get in touch with my granddad. <laughs> Mike, he didn't think that went through and no. instead almost killed a bunch of people. <laughs> this, uh, the military academy didn't teach him much about strategy. Mike hasn't learned a whole lot in school. Um, Link, Lincoln Hawk uh, tackles Mike, rips his military uniform jacket. Mike says, I hate you. And Hawk pragmatically says, well, we have to start someplace, which I, I actually kind of like that line in that delivery. That works for me. That did it for you? I liked that. I liked that line. I felt like like this is the first of many times that Mike tells him that he hates him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like the delivery is weird, but I feel like the line is good. Yeah. I think the line is good. I feel like it feels inauthentic. Yeah. Well, like so much of this movie, that's, that's part of the course. I feel like Stallone is just trying to do everything very understated in this movie, which is not his, not his bread and butter. (laughs) Except you're right in the first Rocky movie where he was very sort of like, 
uh, meek and there's a lot know. of his performance in the in first blood i feel like that's very understated that the turmoil the turmoil yeah. is underneath the surface and that it mm-hmm. doesn't it's not until the late brian dennehy really triggers that ptsd that shit hits the fan <laughs> um but but he's still got that quiet intensity in in the first uh, Rambo movie. You're right about that. I forgot about that one. We cut back to the military academy where Granddaddy Cutler, played by Mr. Loja, has arrived and is absolutely berating his secretary for botching Mike's travel arrangements. Um, I don't know if either of you recognized pro wrestling superstar Terry Funk playing the bodyguard. Oh, hell yeah. Uh-huh. Loved me some Terry Funk, especially in the late 90s. Um, he, was, he's a, he made a great villain oh, yeah. in wrestling and a great villain in this movie, just like kind of quietly. Brooding in the background. Yeah, um, yeah. And so this is where some of the questions we were talking about earlier with the with the colonel sort of aggressively insinuating himself in a in a situation that wasn't his to be a part of. So in the colonel's office, he explains that Michael's mother called and insisted that Michael leave with his father. So it's at that moment that I can understand is like he maybe he's privy to some information that he wouldn't have otherwise, you know, had to make the decision. Um, but Cutler says, I think if you get a cadet's parent insisting yeah. that he leave with his dad, then then the guy might take more of an interest in making sure that that actually happens. Yeah, exactly. So that was sort of mm-hmm. my thought was, that, okay, maybe that makes sense. Um, Mr. Cutler counters by saying, my daughter's in no condition to make that kind of decision. <laughs> um, and he didn't fly all the way here to be told his grandson had been turned over to that worthless bastard, which <laughs> the venom he delivers in that line is fucking awesome. Uh, oh yeah, it's he's he hates it. We are immediately clear that he fucking hates Lincoln Hawk. That there's no love loss there, um, and tells the colonel in so many words that your job is now on the line. I'm gonna bring this to the Color attention is of the a board. Piece of work. <laughs> How would the headmaster know that? the daughter is not in shape to make the decision. Maybe yeah, he couldn't have, right? Yeah. yeah and he wouldn't have known She that. probably would not have called and said, listen, I'm maybe on my deathbed and I want you to do this thing. Or maybe she did. And maybe that's why he was also so insistent. Yeah. The world, the, he told him, I can't tolerate this kind of stupidity. <laughs> the, the Colonel here demurring while listening to somebody yell at him like this makes me think that he is not really a Colonel of any sort. It's some sort of honorific, for him, um, <laughs> I'm with you. And like, it's a paramilitary academy for um, wayward boys and wealthy, <laughs> uh, wealthy assholes. Um, but like the way that he just kind of wears this and I'm just like, you are not a colonel of anything. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a great point because he definitely like takes it on the chin. This dude would not let some guy just walk in and start tearing him a new one in his own office. It it makes me respect the whole institution so much less. Like (laughs) that degree doesn't mean shit. Well, 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 that, but clearly it's not teaching their cadets anything. Mike's dumb as shit. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll give you, we'll give you a uniform and some badges and such. Um, yeah. And, and that'll be good enough. I want to know what Mike's medals are for. It's like brown nosing and Mm -hmm. boot licking and stuff. Dude, uh, did you think so there was Terry Funk and then there was the other like the manservant or secretary, the secretary or whatever he was yeah. secretary. Thought, he just looked like a living Ken doll he, yeah he's got a, he a plastic air about him he's sort of very just, white and blonde <laughs> beige he does look like the type of guy that would be able to 
be direct aid to somebody of wealth and power without knowing how to do anything at all. Oh, absolutely. It looks like some people we've all worked with and for, I imagine. Um, So back in the truck, things are tense between Hawk and his boy, Michael. And Hawk suggests that they stop for lunch. Um, So they roll up to a truck stop where we get our first bit of product placement, the Fabergé Brut sign on the side of that trailer. I love the 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 tagline <laughs> it smells like a man <laughs> for Fabergé brute uh, yes and michael's dumbass is still wearing that torn jacket oh fucker hawk apologizes about the jacket and michael says that's okay you'll get the bill and hawk's <laughs> like hawk's like i'm sure sure i will i'm sure i yeah, will well, but man what a prick yeah mike sucks they still got to be they're still pretty close to the school right yeah they're probably like well, post chase across the highway, I would say they're at most, if they're stopping, it's like between lunchtime and dinner time. So like two thirty, three o'clock, something like that. Let's call it. So if, if, and Hawk knows that this is a good restaurant, mm-hmm. they have great steaks. If he's this often, this close to where his son's going to school, but he never visits him. I got a question that fathering. There's a lot of, there are a lot of questions. <laughs> he hasn't seen this child in 10 years. And, and does he know that that's the school? Is it just convenient that the school was uh, on his right, uh, on his route? Yeah. Mm, would Christina, would Christina and all of their correspondents have let him know this is the name of the military academy where your son I is? I would have guessed so. I would have guessed so. Why? But when he tries to take him to the- <laughs> Why then would not Lincoln have asked for the address to write him a fucking letter there? Hmm. Oh, so do you think he never... I don't... Oh, yeah, I guess every... Every letter was like enclosed in a letter that was being sent to Christina. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, the restaurant inside the restaurant, they're playing some eighties tastic music and it is, <laughs> it is full of truckers. None of them driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they all take lunch at the same Andrew, time. Andrew, I know that this, this scene especially really grinds your gears. Oh man. It had been so long since I'd seen this movie. And so before, before we talked about doing this, I, I queued it back up, and this is the this is the moment that I was like, I've, I'm I'm out, I lost it um, <laughs> so early. Well, I mean, like I I was in for all of the rest of it, but I was like, the trucking part is done. Like it doesn't matter. It's just a weird conveyance of um, from one place to another. That's but right. Like, it's a plot device. It was here where they stopped. This place is full, and all of these people are implied <laughs> to be truckers, and yet. Truckers are either paid by the mile or on delivery of their payload. <laughs> and all of these guys are just sitting around thumbing their nuts, doing nothing in a bar. <laughs> They're getting a steak, baby. Getting their steak on. You know, yeah, like it was, <laughs> it was popping off in there. Yeah, yeah. Every trucker in Colorado in the Western U S I think had stopped for a steak at 3 PM <laughs> that day. Um, I kind of like the vibe in there. I, I feel too. like I would have, yeah. I would have liked to have an afternoon in there. Um, Mike immediately <laughs> shits on the place. <laughs> uh, he did. He asked him, how do you like the place, Mike? And he said, I never did like the zoo, sir. Douche. Mike's a douche. <laughs> this um, guy's got zinger, douchey zingers for days. Um, <laughs> lots of people in the bar seem to know Lincoln. Um, Hawk starts ordering lunch, steak for him, chicken for the boy. And this is the first of m- many of Mike's like fucking know-it-all speeches. But I, I questioned here, like, why did Hawk order for Mike? Why did he just decide what Mike was going to eat? Well, did he 
what in the in the truck he said it's a good place for steak right? right and then the kid said like i'd rather have chicken or something no he said like you're gonna die of cholesterol poisoning and that was the extent he said of that cholesterol poisoning that is that a thing was that ever a thing cholesterol poisoning no it is a thing i looked it up on the <laughs> <laughs> i looked it up on the national institute of health website and read up a little bit oh. on cholesterol poisoning i don't think it's as awesome. big a risk as anyone possibly thinks here but it, it was probably the new thing in 1987. Yeah, I think it's new, like a dietary yeah. fad type situation where like, yes, if uh, you had injected straight cholesterol for days, you'd be like in trouble. And I'm not a doctor and I can't take any like no one listened to any of my <laughs> medical advice. Let us know on Facebook or Instagram if you know the answer to that question. It just I was like, why are you ordering for him? Why not ask him what he wants to eat instead of just being the chicken for the boy? What the fuck? What's weird is he he ordered for himself a big steak. Yeah. Quote, big steak. I'll have a big steak. And yep. uh, yeah, the kid will have fried chicken and gravy because of, that's low cholesterol, of course. Yeah. It's um, just the kid's so concerned. Uh, and so anyway, Mike berates him about dying young. For, for a guy that exercises, you don't know jack shit, dad. <laughs> One of my medals is for nutrition, I guess. Um, and so ends up ordering tuna fish. Wheat toast and spring water, if you got it. <laughs> spring water with lemon. <laughs> Fucker. Yeah, the kid's a... And Hawk looked embarrassed, didn't he? Yeah, he, he's like... Mike uh, is like, a wimp. Like, closing his eyes, like, he doesn't want to steak. He, this is no son of mine. Um, it's at that point that Hawk is approached by two guys who ask if he's Hawk. You Hawk? Um, Lee Goon, <laughs> who introduces himself as the Smasher. <laughs> played by yes. played by real life Texan named Magic Schwartz. Magic Schwartz. The dude's name is That's Magic amazing. Schwartz. Is that an all time great name? That's amazing. Magic Schwartz. So what was he? Was he an arm wrestler as well, or was he just an actor? He just he was an actor that did like a few random things. He's like seventy years old, seventy one years old, or something like that uh -huh. now. I bet he could still kick my ass. Like in Magic, dude was like hard. His name is Magic Schwartz, dude. <laughs> Is that a porn name? Uh, yes. It sounds like it. Your Schwartz is bigger than mine. <laughs> and magic. <laughs> Magical dick. <laughs> what were you about to say? But so speaking of names like Lincoln Hawk, Lincoln Hawk's name is definitely Hawk, right? Hawk, yeah. The, yeah. And this guy says. Smashers called him Hawk. The truck says Hawk. Everyone calls him Hawk. Yep. Okay. So it's, it's been firmly established. He is to, Lincoln Hawk. To this point, the man's name is Lincoln Hawk. Yep. But, okay. But, you know. Um, good things don't last as we well know sometimes. So what Smasher tells him, like, I hear this Hawk is the man to beat. That's right. He says that and he's Hawk says, you shouldn't believe everything you hear. And, uh, the Smasher freaks Smasher out. Says, I don't, I don't, I don't believe anything. He's a nihilist. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's a, that's a harsh worldview Smasher. <laughs> I, I get having like an interest in being like good at something and all of that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. But I, I, I struggle with the idea that they're like radioing back and forth about like who's the best at arm wrestling like on their cbs right. day in and day out and like arguing yeah. outside of these restaurants where they're not making any money trucking they're arguing about who's the best uh, at arm wrestling uh hawk is the man to beat is the word on the road my friends mm -hmm. um and the smasher yes. says that he's got a thousand bucks says he can tear his arm off 
Um, we <laughs> there still, wasn't a whole lot of range we, in Smasher's performance. No, I don't think it's <laughs> meant to. I think it's supposed to, he's just supposed to be dialed up to 13 the whole time. Um, yeah, it's like pro wrestling school of acting. Very, very much so. That's a very good analogy. Um, so Hawk accepts whatever the wager is. We're still not quite sure what it is. Mike asks, are you going to fight? Which is a fair question because we don't know what the fuck's about to happen. And Hawk right. says, have to go to work. <laughs> um, then he leaves, then he proceeds to leave him unattended. Leave that child at the bar. In this dive bar. Fucking <laughs> what? This sucks. is the first kidnapping opportunity also of many. Uh-huh. It's, um, uh, yeah, so yeah. As the crowd starts to move towards the back room, a large bald man in aviator shades walks into the truck stop and surveying what is happening. Hawk walks towards Smasher, who's huddled over a makeshift arm wrestling table. And this is maybe the most overacting I've ever seen from Stallone. <laughs> right? This... The, like the heavy yeah. breathing the and the up. and the and the eyes bulging and he's like bowed up like like a like a like wound up tighter than a snare drum. It just it is not believable looking at all. Well, and Smasher is not calm by any means. No, fucking Smasher <laughs> is over there getting the. I'm gonna. He's the Smasher is back there. Oh, I'm sorry, the Smasher that, and doing that thing where <laughs> doing that thing where you let your friend slap the crap out of you multiple times to get him jacked up. It happens more than once in this movie. Yes, it certainly does. It is a thing in the arm wrestling world. Apparently, was that um, part of your childhood pretending to be in over the top where you and your brother would smack the shit out of each no, other in the face I, to get ready beforehand? No. Even though getting smacked in the face does make my blood boil, as is well documented oh. from previous podcasts, touching of no the face. No one's allowed to touch your head. Uh, or face. Do not touch my face. Do not touch my head. And if you do it aggressively, yeah. you're gonna pull back a stump. Um, <laughs> so it's at this man. it's at this point that the large bald man walks up and Sweaty. weirdly, weirdly, yes, everyone in this place this place does not have air conditioning. He is dripping. Everyone in the place is drenched in sweat, but this guy especially yes. walks over and weirdly touches Mike's hand. A hundred percent inappropriate. Like, what are you doing with that guy? And what are you doing with that guy? Yeah. And, and Mike tells him that he's, that's my father. And the guy says, too bad. Which is fucking uh, awesome. That's so that's Rick Zumwalt, which I think we hadn't said. That's, yeah, that's Rick right. Zumwalt, yeah. Bull Hurley. We haven't introduced him yet. Um, and I immediately want to know more about this character. Even from him walking into the room, like the whole, my, my focus is just like, I want to know more about that guy. I'm less interested in what the fuck is going on, um, in the back of the room. But anyway, Hawk and the smasher lock hands as Mike and the crowd look on. And is it this moment, uh, on my first rewatch of this, that I hit the pause button and went down a goddamn YouTube wormhole to get my basic, <laughs> my, my basic arm wrestling education. Um, and so, Anyway, you can learn everything there is to know about arm wrestling, including the rules for gripping and everything else. But man, um, so yeah, I encourage you if you've never done that, it's, it's entertaining as fuck. Um, That's awesome. just to get an idea of what they're doing, like what's the strategy, what's the basic strategy for an arm wrestler? Cause it just seems like there's only two things you can do. You can pull someone across their arm across the table and there are only so many ways that you can do that, or you're going to lose. Those are the two things that are going to happen in your arm wrestling match. Those are the <laughs> strategies. Yeah. Um, so in this, initially, Smasher has the match, but Hawk does this thing called top rolling. 
and beats okay. and beats the Smasher because it it initially looks like the Smasher is going to win. But Hawk, the the thing where he like like does the weird finger thing, regrips. Yeah, he does this yeah, regrip. Like, like a regrip is is called top rolling, and basically it's essentially where you move up higher on the person's hand and you shorten you up the leverage. distance and it, and it allows you a little leverage the way that Lincoln okay. Hawk does it apparently is dumb as shit because it would like open himself up to it's so slow and methodical that he would open <laughs> himself up to getting beat that if he was do, taking uh, that much time to do it that the other guy would just be like and that'd be done this match had a lot of great Stallone sneering mm-hmm. and it had um you hear some yelling of the phrase over the top in the background like a truck. from extras. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that uh, is your cue that you could walk away from this movie. That's right. If you're watching the, the film, you've heard over the top, you can now cut it off or leave the theater. <laughs> um, I also went down a rabbit hole, but I was fascinated by this dedicated arm wrestling table. Yeah. Um, you can buy them. They're yeah, available. With a handle on it. They're not cheap. Um, you can get training no. tables, or you can get um, like professional level, um, which is hard to say um, <laughs> with this context. But like right. arm wrestling tables that are like you know six hundred, seven hundred bucks, which is weird that they've got them back here. But there's also uh, just myriad videos on YouTube of making your own arm wrestling table. So oh, also, a, also a worthy rabbit hole to chase is watching people make their own arm wrestling tables for competitive amazing. arm jousting. <laughs> Jesus up to, uh, up to official standards. It has to be, I'm sure to, mm-hmm. so that you can get your strategy down, whether you're, uh, what's the hooking either defensive or offensive hooking flop wrist pressing, or if you're a devotee <laughs> of inside arm wrestling, so anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about these and other things more later. So anyway, oh after the match, as Hawk is collecting his money, the large man that walked in earlier um, says that Hawk got lucky. Actually, he calls him yeah. Hawks. This is the first time someone calls him Hawks and that Hawks, Hawks. got lucky and Hawks that I'll call him now until it changes again, calls him bull uh, bull challenges. Uh, Hawk. Yeah. The waters are now getting muddied. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, bull challenges Hawk double or nothing, but Hawks Hawks tells him it's going to have to wait for Vegas. Uh, where Bull says, you ain't got a prayer in Vegas. Um, and amazing delivery. And everyone is amazing delivery the, by uh, Zummel. Everyone is sweating so much. Bull is everything that you want in a villain like just larger than life yep the voice the the on-screen presence um his look he's yeah he's killing it he's crushing the game um michael then accuses hawks of being a hustler and says he'd like to call his mother um (laughs) and and uh andrew and i noticed (laughs) in this rewatch the fucking weird ass sitting like right behind them just eavesdropping on this ah, whole conversation. I, I jotted that down too. He was just staring them yeah, down. Yeah, he creeps on that conversation and he's <laughs> I can't tell if he's just like a person that was in the bar that they decided to shoot this in or if he was hired for this role and like could not could not keep his <laughs> eyes off of what was happening. Maybe Menachem gave him directions like overhear the conversation and and be amused by it. I would guess that most of the extras in the scene are probably were truckers from, you know, they probably did shoot in a real trucker restaurant. They didn't, they couldn't afford paying people for sure. They just said, we're going to shoot here. Yeah. 
they just let this guy sort of hijack the entire scene. His, <laughs> oh, dude. his facial expression, and, though, is just like, oh, they can't see me. I'm looking out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> and like he never turns his head. So you, you feel uh-huh. like he feels very confident that no one notices that he is just being a spaz right next to them. Both fully humiliated Hawk hawks in front of his hawks. son and like <laughs> then afterwards yeah, too bad your old man's yellow then afterwards hawk is apologizing to michael it's just stallone's whole performance is so quiet like it's not what you want in a movie called over the top <laughs> i think it's the only it's the like last vestige of what the character was supposed to be like though the character of lincoln hawk according to Engelbach, was supposed to be this you know soft-spoken introspective you know, trucker who was trying to better himself. Granted, the character of Michael was also supposed to be like 17, I think originally. So it was supposed to be more like a, like, you know, he was supposed to be like on the verge of manhood. Um, So I think that, but it seems to me that the Stallone that we see in this movie is like, that's the only bit of the original story (laughs) that is left over is him like being sort of meek and mild mannered. A lot of Stallone's performance choices in this movie and others that are not Rocky or Rambo are very interesting. (laughs) I think about Cobra. I think about Tango and Cash. I, I almost wonder if we should use the word performance. Um, <laughs> well, there's like what a would you call it? Uh, there's like know. a range, though, right? With him, he's got these like very brilliant performances in Rocky or the first Rambo, and then he's got like over the top camp, and this one is in that like, like middle nowhere, like, like no man's land, where it's like uh, this is a paycheck, so I'm gonna do the least yeah. I have to to get my money. But even it it's like, there are two different Rockies though. There are two different versions of Rocky. There's the classic Rocky, like Rocky one and two for, Rocky. from Rocky one yep. and two Rocky. And then all of a sudden he becomes not Rocky. It's like he underwent a brain he, transplant smart. or something. He's, like he becomes a different smart. character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after they lose all their money, he gets stupid. Yeah. Again. Well, and that Rocky <laughs> comes back during like the Creed movies, which are also awesome. Yes. I need to check those out. You always are telling They're me about so them. And, I, and you both of you have told me about them and I haven't watched them yet. Especially the first much, one. There's, yeah. there's too much fucking content, you guys. Um, so on the phone, Michael's mom says, honey, you just need to be patient. Try to get to know your father. Um, Michael protests because Hawks left his mom. Um, but she, but for the first, first of many times, just says, uh, he had his reasons. <laughs> let me, and now let me talk to your father. That, um, thus and begins, we also see that she's in the hospital. <laughs> thus begins the movie's other big mystery. Mystery number one is what is the main character's name? <laughs> but mis- <laughs> mystery number two is what the fuck is going on with this family? Yeah, no one knows. Neither mystery is solved. No, we're definitely not going to tell you in this episode because this episode is over the top. Uh, it's like a truck. Like a truck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we're going to hit pause. We're uh, we're going to slam a beer. We're going to raise a glass to Lincoln Hawk or Hawks or whoever the fuck he is. Arm wrestle for a bit. And, uh, and we're gonna and we're gonna see you next time. We're excited that Andrew's going to join us again next time. So Andrew, we will we'll look forward to that. Yep. Thanks, Andrew. And, um, I can't wait. And uh, we'll be back. Yeah!